Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, January 11, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today. There's more than a bread box on the docket today. The first thing we're gonna do is discuss the daily chart, some other charts, what jumps off the page, what's important, what's not. And then we're gonna deviate a little bit and I'm probably gonna have a little bit more than usual to say about an off topic topic. Let's go back to the daily chart. What's jumping off the page? What do we have? First thing we have is an uptrend. Albeit we had a down day today. The SPY was down $2.41, but yet we have an uptrend. They are above all the moving averages. They were a little bit far from home base. What do we always talk about? Whenever the market gets a little bit too far from home base, it has a tendency to come back toward home base or at least go sideways for a while and let home base get a chance to catch up to current price. Last Friday, the market made a new high. Today, the market comes down a little bit. Should we make a federal case out of it? What's the story? Well, here's a couple of things that we can hang our hat on, at least for the time being, until things change. Yesterday or Friday's low, and then Thursday's low. Those are two areas two price levels where the market will normally get defended if tested sooner than later. So right now it is sooner. So today they didn't even get down to test Friday's low. So therefore, again, we have to recognize what's going on from a big picture perspective. The market's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until the very end. Now, let's talk about the very end for a moment. Ah, all of a sudden, some people sit up a little bit in their chairs. Why is that? Because some of you know what's coming next. You guessed it. We're looking for a top. We talked about some important dates or time frames several weeks ago. The first one of which was right after New Year's around that 5th, 6th of January time frame. Markets seemed to get a little bit jittery around that time frame. The second time frame, and again, really has nothing to do with the inauguration, but it is around the 20th, 21st of this month also. So we're gonna watch the price activity around that time. There's another date coming in about the second or third week in February. I've mentioned that one before. It's a little ways out there and it's gonna be dependent like all these other dates on whether the market is trading down into these timeframes or up into these timeframes. Nevertheless, let's talk about the previous comment for a moment. We're looking for a top. What does that mean in layman's terms? It means from a time perspective, the market is running out of time. Can it go higher from here? Absolutely. Can the market go another 100 S&P handles higher from here? Absolutely. There's no reason that it can't. However, when time is up, time is up. Now, I don't know whether time was up on the 6th of January, whether time was up last Friday, or whether time will be up sometime in February. But what I do know is when we're looking for a top, what we do is look for a sign and signal of a trend change from a longer picture perspective. So when I say that, we know that these type of trend changes take place on the intraday charts first, and then they morph into longer timeframes. So obviously from an inside the numbers perspective, we're looking for intraday turns, but we're also looking for that bigger turn, which gives us what exactly? It gives us something to trade against. 
you need something to trade against in order to have an awareness of where you might be wrong. You don't want to be trading on hopium if the trade is wrong. You want another crack at it later. Therefore, you want to be able to cut and run, lose small and fast if you have to lose at all. This is not new information. Been talking about this stuff for years. There's no change. It never changes. It's always the same strategy. Why is that? Because it works way more often than it doesn't. Let's talk about the hourly chart for a second. I think this is an opportunity to post one of those lesson learned. The market gap down today and they ran up to do what? They ran up to fill a gap. You'll see that depicted further and discussed further inside the numbers. But that's not what we really want to discuss now. The, what we want to discuss now on this chart is the breakup candle low right here on this hourly chart comes in at 377.72. So this is the way you look at the market on Tuesday if in fact, that's an if, if they're trading lower. Are they above or below 377.72? If they open below it, what are they doing? They're running a test of this pivot low here, 377, and then this breakup candle low at 375.91 or somewhere in between. That's the way the market works. You take it one step at a time, one candle at a time. So therefore, if the market's opening up A, above 377.72, this breakup candle low is still intact. And oh, by the way, if they're opening above today's close, then they're having at least a slight or more gap higher. And then we're going to be looking at numbers on the north side for what would be A, resistance, or B, magnetic, where the market would want to be drawn to and run a test of. That's the way this works. What if I look at the 120-minute chart? Here's price above all the moving averages. Here's a breakup candle low. That's the same low that we looked at before, just on a different chart, 375.91. You have a 20-period moving average in that neighborhood. A spike through the 20-period moving average puts you running a test of the breakup candle low on the 120-minute chart under normal garden variety conditions that would be at minimum of intraday support. Give that up and they fill the gap. The gap would be 374.20 or lower. Let's check out inside the numbers. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. First, we'll run through the commentary. What I'm going to do is highlight a couple of things. A bulk of the day was spent really with the market quiet, churning around, doing not a whole lot of stuff. There were some important numbers. Certainly, there were some numbers that worked, that produced opportunity for traders. We'll take a look at that stuff as we go through the notes, and then we'll circle back to look at three stocks on the move that hit their objectives today. Happy Monday, wake up red after market had a big up week. As of Monday morning, the first thought is it's just a pullback, and so far it's just been a pullback. At zero dark 30, the bulls are fighting to get back above the big fat round number of 3,800. Just setting the stage for the day, wetting our whistle a little bit. So we had a chart in the early thoughts. We'll get back to that in a second. We're talking about ES numbers in the early thoughts because we have to consider the overnight activity. 3785.75 was a breakup candle low. Therefore, we're going to use it as an early bogey. Opening below, more trouble for the bulls. Above that, we have 3,800. So pretty simple equation. Above 3,786, 
They'll fight back to 3,800 or more, but they'll fight back to the big fat round psychological number. Above 3,800 on candle closes, especially an hourly one, and the repair job is underway. Again, we're just setting the table in the early thoughts. This is long before the market opens for business. So we wanna look at a couple of things from a visual perspective this morning. This chart might be a little bit hard to see, but the point will be made, and I'll go back to the charts to blow it up for you, just so that we can see in real time what happened as the market was trading. But this arrow here points to a breakup candle low, and this arrow here points to what would be resistance, a convergence of moving averages, among other things. So already I'm getting a sense for both sides of the tape. What happens on the south side? What happens on the north side? Where's the market going to be drawn to or sucked down to? What will be support? What will be resistance? What happens if? This is the way we show up in uniform, ready to go. Now we'll take a look at the ES five minute chart. You know the routine, right of the vertical today's activity. The lower trend line is 3786. The upper one is 3800. We had some other numbers on the board as it relates to the SPY. We'll go over those in a couple of minutes when we go back to inside the numbers. But here's the point. It pays to know where your support is, where the resistance is, what's likely to happen if they start closing candles above or if it's in fact resistance. First thing in the morning, they spike below the support level, the breakup candle low. What happens when they get below? It becomes like a slingshot or like a slinky type of action. You get some kind of a snapback effect going on. And by the way, isn't this a little interesting? We can see at the end of the day, where was support once again? The support, and by the way, this is a pit session only chart that you're looking at. So at the end of the day, where's support? Support is at the same price that we were talking about at zero dark 30. Funny how that works. Let's scroll up a little bit and see what happened once the day got underway. So before we let them go a little while, this is pre-opening, just to remind everybody, we wanna let the shakeout occur. We wanna let them open the market up, open the week up. There's no hurry to rush into anything. The bulls will need to close candles above that number, 378 and a quarter. Back to a five minute chart, right out of the chute, we had our early pivot. It relates to the same number from before in the ES, and guess what, or it's close by anyway, and guess what, at the end of the day, they ran a test of what? The same number. It pays to know your numbers. 9.40, 10 minutes into the day, 378.92 is the high of day. Above is the gateway to the gap. So if price is pushing above 378.92, they're gonna go fill the gap. Here's a 15 minute chart. There's 378.92, which is the lower trend line. The upper trend line is what? That's the gap that was cited inside the numbers. 380.48. You can see there's another gap above, but that wasn't cited. It was 380.48. Let's continue along, see what we've got. 941, just a little blurb from Stocks on the Move. We'll get back to those later. No change in the SPY. You can see by 952, as it turns out, 378.25 was in fact the early pivot. And here you go. The last line of defense, 379.60 for the bears before the bulls can go north and fill the gap at SPY 380.48. I gave a range here, 380.48 to 380.59. Let's see what the high was. Here's the high of day, 380.58. There are no accidents, there are no coincidences. So you got the point of the stuff that went on in the morning. Of course, pause the video, go back to the chart, 
double check the work. Whatever is said inside the numbers, go back to the charts and see what the price action was, see what the market did after the posts were made. Let's scroll up a little bit and we'll go to some of the afternoon activity before we get to stocks on the move. So by 125, they're just stuck in the mud. This is around lunchtime, after lunchtime. So when things begin to pick up a little bit, we get a little more activity with the numbers. Let's see what we've got. We'll just use the 144 post. It's pretty cut and dry. The only support of interest for a bounce slash long trade under current price, meaning underneath current price, would be 378.35, give or take. Back to the chart, 378.35 is your trend line, and it was, in fact, support. Nice rip away from that number. Moving right along. Then we go into the end of the day and you can read the notes, pause the video, go back and double check the work. I think I've given you a couple of good examples of how inside the numbers should be able to benefit you during the trading day if in fact you're active in the market during the trading day. Stocks on the move. Out of the six on the board today, three hit their objectives. The three that didn't, they're discarded. They're no trades. We only want to take trades at our numbers, not somebody else's. So we had Square, SQ, Box, and Twitter. First, we'll take a look at Square. Pretty good haircut going on at the opening bell. Closing price on Friday, 241.48. Our number was 227.45. Looks like a falling knife, but keep in mind, stocks are headed to a destination. If you have the price right at the destination, you're going to be right because they're going to do two things at the destination. They're either going to turn around and go back in the other direction or they're going to hang out for a cup of coffee. Whether you're looking on a short time frame or a slightly longer time frame, you could have both scenarios. Case in point. How about square? So it comes into the number, spikes it by a little bit, has a nice rocket ride away. 232 and change is the price it went to just minutes later. Call it a $5 bounce. That classifies as a rocket ride. As you can see, the stock came in later on back to the number. It went back and forth and closed below the number. Doesn't matter. The trade is over. How about box? Similar routine, only this thing went up into the end of the day. Nice healthy haircut at the opening bell. 17.35 is the number posted bright and early. Spike it by a little bit. And lo and behold, they're at a high of 17.70 just minutes later. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a quick 2% without even taking a hard breath. About Twitter, getting a haircut as a result of the whole thing about blacking out the president of the United States along with Facebook and Amazon with the whole parlor thing. I'm going to talk more about that in one second. Let's get back to Twitter. Haircut at the open, two numbers posted, 4649, 4572. Equal case could be made that either one was the number. So what happens? They spike the first, they go to the second, spike it by a little bit, immediately turn around, go back in the other direction. Nice trade at the end of the day. Now let's talk about this whole thing about censorship. I don't want to get into politics. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care who I voted for has nothing to do with anything other than what's going on in this country. And the reason I bring this up is we can't take it lightly. Look at it this way. Number of things going on, I'm just going to single out two or three. First, you have a tremendous amount of people that voted for Donald Trump and he lost. Okay, fair enough. But what's not fair is they think that the election was ripped from them. 
Whether they're right or wrong doesn't matter to me at this point in time. The perception becomes reality. If you have 70, 75, 80 million people that believe that they got screwed over, are they just going to go away? Are they just going to have one protest slash riot, whatever happened last week at the Capitol? Are they just going to be a one and done or are they just getting started? I don't know the answer to that, but I don't, wouldn't necessarily bet that it's a one and done. These type of situations are typically disruptive to markets. So I just want to throw that out there. We're looking for a turn. We got this kind of stuff happening. Just be aware. Now you got the censorship thing, okay? Think about this for a second. You have Twitter, Facebook, and Amazon that basically censored not only the president of the United States, Amazon wasn't included in that one directly, but they were party to the censorship or taking off the air of Parler. Now, I don't know what Parler is before like two days ago, but when you look at this thing objectively, what really happened? Did Parler really do anything wrong or did the mainstream media and the big tech guys and likely some very influential people in Washington, did they just decide to get this done, take them down, see you later, bye? I mean, think about this. What remedy do they have in the immediate term? And the answer is zero. They may have long-term remedies. However, that's not going to help them and it's not going to help their users who are once again feel like they were silenced. So are they just going to go away or are they going to get more upset about things? Awareness stuff, food for thought. I'm not here to take sides. I'm here to be the umpire and talk about what's going on objectively. Speaking about objectively, let's do that with Camp IWM. What do we have? We have a market that had a gap lower. They fought back to finish a couple of pennies. We'll call it a flat day. They filled the gap. They're above all the moving averages. Technically speaking, and again, we have the same situation. We didn't even breach, they didn't even breach Friday's low. So technically speaking, there's really nothing wrong with the IWM whatsoever. It's in an uptrend, and guess what? The trend is your friend until she dumps you. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They had a nice week getting back up above the 20 period moving average, and guess what? They're hanging around the former highs, Nothing wrong, nothing to see here, until and unless this tape gets back below at least the 20 period moving average, there's nothing to see here, you move it along. Similar situation with the folks out in Silicon Valley. Again, we're one day removed from another all-time high. Is there anything wrong with this tape? Absolutely not. XLF, we had a target of 30 bucks, they're at $31. Anything wrong with this tape? Absolutely not. Is it likely they bust through these highs over here or, or are they more likely to pull back and run sideways for a while? They're pretty far extended and they did it rather quickly away from these moving averages. This is a weekly chart, but take into account how fast this market went up. They were just over $24 at the end of October. So just take that into account. It's unlikely they run away above 31 from here. What about Smash Mouth? Anything to see here? Big up day or big relative to other markets. So the semiconductor space is up today. That bodes well for the tech space. It doesn't bode negatively for the tech space. Not to say tech won't be down tomorrow, but not as a result, or at least not giving a signal by the SMH. 
So the semis are strong, nothing wrong with tech from a semiconductor perspective. Therefore, you move it along. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.